0: everyone and welcome to the ab skills pro podcast i am sitting down today with a top media buyer named kevin Milani. hi kevin welcome to the show
1: hi thanks thanks for having me on
0: yeah absolutely i was just checking out your bio and getting brushed up on my kevin trivia before this episode and i was absolutely just blown away by two things one the incredible amount of work that you've been doing and number two that we've never met in person nor do we know who each other are that seems a little strange to me
1: yeah it's actually a pretty small world at the level i'm playing at and yeah it is surprising yeah i have met um yeah, I know Molly from working at digital mar- working with digital marketer for all those years, and then uh, I just yeah. met Ezra at, at an event um, recently. So I finally met Ezra, but yeah. Well,
0: that, that's funny because I hired and trained Molly and gave her my job when I left digital marketer. So oh, there you go. That's uh, crazy. So that's really okay. Funny. Yeah, I hired Molly as an intern. Uh, there, uh, long story. It's a great story. Love you, Molly. Um, but uh, she came on as an intern. I was the social media director there at the time. Um, and when I left, even though there was somebody that had been around a lot longer, I just knew it, and I was like, "It's her. Give her my job." So,
1: that's awesome. Amazing. I didn't yeah. actually know that part of the story at all.
0: Yeah. So I hear that you are a Google guy, right? So you yep. were no, you did search and display. Now you really focus on um,
1: probably AdWords. 90- yeah, ninety percent. And of my,
0: YouTube stuff too,
1: huh? Yeah, totally. Um, started off search display, like you said, um, and then uh, in about two years ago, we got YouTube going really, really well. And now it's just like everybody's coming to us for YouTube, which in a way is a little frustrating because I'm like, I'm actually really good at these other things too. Why are you only? <laughs> want, why do you only want YouTube? But uh, YouTube is, I mean, it's just. The amount of volume you can get there. I mean, we've had campaigns go up to $100,000 a day in ad spend and I've never seen volume like that. I mean, I've seen 30 to 50,000 a day in display. um, But typically display volume isn't very big compared to YouTube volume. So yeah, YouTube is pretty sexy and exciting. Um, So yeah it's been yeah
0: a right thing. now right now I know I mean I just noticed it you know myself too about how mainstream it is you know when my mom is really like hanging out on YouTube or my sister is really hanging out on YouTube oh, yeah. that's how that's when I pay attention to when things have gone not that YouTube wasn't really like mainstream before but like even just more so where it's more part of everyday life and people aren't just going there for other stuff like they're really their entertainment is hanging out on YouTube. So it's really top of mind for marketers, right, at the moment, yep. which is why they're asking you. And then they forget about some of those more tried and true methods, uh, right, because right? they like always want how and... new shiny and sexy.
1: Yeah, exactly. And search. And the other thing, too, I think people think is, like, our current agency or our current people our current internal people don't know how to make YouTube work. We don't know how to do it. So they come to that, but they think that their search and display is okay. But it's really Mm -hmm. not, they're leaving, most of the time, people are just leaving a ton of money on the table. Mm -hmm. They have no idea how much bigger their other stuff could be, but they're happy because it's profitable, but they have no clue, like, how much, yeah, how much they're missing.
0: So I jumped ahead about some stuff, um, but I have to ask one more question before we go backwards, and that is... So you never got on the, the Facebook, the, the Instagram, oh, the social media bandwagon was, for advertising?
1: I was super early in that. Um, when my first job was with uh, CatholicMatch.com, it's an online dating site, and we were, on, we were advertising on Facebook when it first came out. So I was out from the very beginning and uh, as things got busier, so i ran, I've run a few million dollars on Facebook, but as things got busier and busier for me and I started picking up more clients, I didn't. So my thing is I prefer to be doing the work and I prefer Mm -hmm. to be like really kind of doing it all myself. And I didn't want to be hiring people or managing people. So, you know, with Facebook to scale, Facebook I'd have to you know end up hiring a bunch of people and training a bunch of people to make more money and then Google I could just figure out how to automate things use scripts and use machine learning and I could I could scale like to where I'm I'm running like two and a half to three million dollars a month in ad spend you know without having to like have a bunch of people hired and so that's kind of for me was a big thing just to figure out so I went on I was originally when I first started paid traffic 14 years ago i was like hey i'm just i'm the paid traffic guy all paid traffic but as you get more and more clients and stuff you realize like you really have to niche down and do something so i just like stayed hyper focused on adwords
0: makes perfect sense makes perfect sense so okay so you said a while ago when you got started you were the paid traffic guy like all paid traffic but i'm curious what was life about before you were the paid traffic guy
1: um, before then I worked in New York city a marketing think tank I was doing, um, and before I should probably back up before that, I had actually been in engineering school and dropped out to move to New York city. Um, so I, was, I kind of an engineering background, but I didn't want to work in a lab and be, I didn't want to live that life. And so once I realized that I was like, ah, so I went to New York city, um, and, uh, and the, it was actually the director of a play hours and said he'd sublease Upper West Side apartment to me, and it was a rent controlled apartment. So I was like, sweet. <laughs> so I jumped on that. Um, I was at Fortune Magazine for on a contract for nine months, and then my next job there through a temp agency was a marketing think tank called Zoetics, and they had Fortune 100 clients. The gentleman who owned the small boutique agency was was a direct response veteran. He he like was the guy behind Gavalia Cafe and Columbia Record Mm. Clubs, you know, remember the one cent thing? Mm, Of course, absolutely. That ATT Universal Card. Like he worked on all these major, huge direct response things. And so I I learned direct response marketing, things like that from kind of being their assistant. And so I spent nine years kind of at the knee of these people. and learning a ton about marketing and then thinking gosh someday I'd like to have an agency myself and but I had no idea what in or what to do because I hadn't run across digital marketing yet and I got the job at Catholic Match because of that it was actually because of the combination of both the programming my ability to actually program because everything they needed help on that side of their business and in the marketing so and then once I found digital I was like oh my gosh I love this." <laughs>
0: Mm. It sounds like the perfect match uh, uh both world marriage of both worlds. Uh,
1: yeah, it from, really from is. From both
0: sides, yeah, for you. Yeah.
1: Technical and marketing, yeah.
0: So you've been, you're here, you've been around in this space a long time. So wh- what point did um, did you, did you join? I'd love to hear, I said, uh, with your with your bio and your experience, how you came across Justin and AdSkills, and I'm really curious how it has enhanced. Uh, what you already have such a deep expertise in and what you're doing with your own agency and your own clients.
1: Okay, yeah. So with um, Justin, I I actually met him um, in the marketing party. I was in uh, one of the brains, the... The Think Tanks. The Think Tanks, yeah. Yeah, very cool. So I was in that, and Justin was in that one. And he brought in all the big media buyers. So it was really – it was an amazing thing because to be in a room with a bunch of people that have more than a million dollars spend. I mean, I'd actually never met another person with as much spend as, you know, with over a million dollars spend. So I was like, oh, my gosh, there's other people like me. This is great. Um, So that was really cool. And then um, I met John Belcher – um, at, uh, baby bathwater event. And so John and I really connected well, we got along great. And so he was the one that kind of got me into the ad skills community and stuff. And so that's been kind of good. We ended up, John, uh, introduced us to someone within the ad skills community that we ended up uh, bringing on board. And, uh, so I got a little protege now, (laughs) which is awesome. Um, and then, uh, The thing for me is just maybe some, some of the connections, business, things like that, but I I've shared a lot, uh, you know, in small mastermind groups, like with John and, and, and Tom breeze and some stuff we've kind of like all kind of like connected socially and talked about YouTube and some of our strategies. So I guess there's some learning from some of the top media buyers that are within the ad skills community where Mm -hmm. we can kind of like talk with each other. So that's been helpful but yeah, I think outside of well, that, yeah, and not too much. I, I've never taken any of the courses. I could probably write the courses. though. So.
0: <laughs> well, it sounds like uh, you trusted enough to hire a protege out of the community because yes. you know that sort of that the baseline of quality of the training that they're getting is there as well. So that's that's good. And uh, yeah, I've yep. talked to a couple of different people who really feel like there's not an upper level mastermind where they can bounce ideas and chat with a couple of the guys like John and Justin or whatever. So it's really cool to have. I think that was David Klein. That was kind of mentioning about that.
1: Yeah. I know Mike Rhodes brought it up once too, and he was thinking about doing something about that, but it's true. Like there's, yeah, we kind of have, I have a couple of people here and there that I'll just like have one-on-one conversations with, which are extremely helpful. Because, like, yeah, the first thing is you, you have ideas, but you can bounce your ideas off of people, but most people aren't going to understand what you're talking about. And so they're not going to, be able to reflect back with other ideas which enhance or improve it. So, yeah, it's, a really, it's really hard to find those people that are able to understand what you're saying and actually add value back and forth.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Even sometimes when you're just talking to somebody that actually knows what you're talking about, it's, it's you end up coming up with the idea to solve the problem right. or whatever it is that you are thinking, but it's almost even that processing out loud with somebody who's not just going, wow. Right. Like, yep. going, yeah, I was tagging along with you. That's really awesome. I'm, I want to hear about some of the work that you do and um, like some of the maybe more interesting or more recent um campaigns that you'd like to share that you know might be interesting for somebody listening that is is the type of client that has the capacity to work with your agency you know
1: okay cool I think um, one thing like on the on the YouTube side what we found uh, with YouTube is that you know if you get the right video, then things can really take off for you. And so we're really like, it's all about in the very beginning, just testing videos to find one that's gonna convert well. But once you have that, you can have a situation like we did with this. We had um, a a dating info project that we were working on and it, it, It actually was a pretty amazing thing because we went from, we had four videos to start with. One of, two of them actually worked pretty well, but one worked really well. And so we scaled from zero to $27,000 a day in profitable spend in like a week. It was like insane. That is insane. yeah, and then there was like, then there was like just cash flow issues because you had to wait for some time to get the money back from. <laughs> so they're like, "Oh no!" <laughs> so we had to like scale back to ten thousand dollars a day. But like that was pretty awesome, and we've had um, a lot of times. What we'll ends up happening? We have scaled so many clients above the fifty k a day mark, but usually it takes a while to find a video that's going to be able to do that for you. But as soon as that happens, it's like, oh, my gosh. And then YouTube is also very challenging because a lot of what I found through trial and error that works isn't counterintuitive. And I always get in trouble with my Google reps because I don't follow Google best practices. But I'm like, they don't work as well as the way I'm doing it. So, <laughs> like, what can they tell you? <laughs> and,
0: so yeah. rogue. Rogue you are.
1: Yeah. it's. I mean, I'm just all about, like, getting results. I don't and that's actually something about my whole history is I didn't really I read the Perry Marshall book the very first book out there on AdWords and and then I just start doing once I kind of got my feet wet I just start experimenting on my own so I'll just take ideas in from anywhere I'll play with things and then I'm in front of my computer you know 80 to 100 hours a week so I'm basically living inside the machine and I have a map of i kind of have a map inside my head and so essentially if i do something i have a really good idea of what will happen if that if i do it and if it doesn't happen then like oh there must be something going on in competition or algorithm change or something and then i can explore it and figure it out so i'm able to kind of like quickly tune into these things mm-hmm. and i think a lot of people like even with clients, or like, well, why don't you do this or that? And are they like really. Sometimes clients will be like wanting you to do something that you know is bad for them, and so you have to tell them like, well, I'm sure we could do this, but this, this, and this will happen. And then you know, a couple of weeks later, like, why is there? Why is everything so bad? And like, well, you know, you go back to the email. This I told you this would happen. So yeah, this wasn't gonna work. Yeah, this no, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> you should not do this. But if you insist. <laughs>
0: Do you find uh, do you find the answer to most questions and that irritates most people when they want to know something in this space is uh, the answer is it depends. Uh, oh, <laughs> right? yeah. It depends. That there's so many variables that like, well, if we change this or what if we did this, isn't that going to get us what we want? And it's like, well, I don't know. It depends. It depends on these other variables that I spent a long time learning and can't explain all of them right now. In this right. But, I mean, you know, the answer is always test. And it sounds like you've spent your career just trying to break you, everything to figure it out and reverse engineer it. And yep. the so answer, the answer is, I don't know. We'll try it and let's see.
1: Yeah, it's always about testing, especially with creative. It also reminds me, too, one time I had a client in the supplement space where we scaled them from zero to 1.5 million in six months and then they were like they ended up with some sort of big tax issue <laughs> and so this they see the cfo who is also a partner in the company was like um you guys, we need to get to 10k a day profit. Like, I think we're at 3k a day profit at that point. And so, like, and we had like a few weeks to do it. And so, we got to like 8k a day profit. And then the CFO got really impatient and said, "Well, this is so easy. All you have to do is cut everything above a certain CPA." I was like, "Oh no," because he's just cutting out the top of funnel. I was like, "Oh," and but the the uh, marketing's chief marketing officer. Knew it was a bad idea, but he couldn't fight him on it anymore, and so he just like just go ahead and do it, and it went negative. It went negative immediately, mm. like doing the obvious thing from a you know bean counter perspective. Like I mean, they basically had to go out of business just because right. yeah, someone who yeah, it just so much of stuff is not intuitive.
0: Yeah, well, you said something about how um, it takes a while, and once you hit the right video but when you say the right video obviously there's some testing time in there and then whatever is a best practice in one industry or even in the same industry but with one you know at this in january is different than what's in february or march or whatever so you take a best practice and you run with it but then you got to hack it from there, right? You got to work backwards and just keep optimizing yeah. until until you get that one that works, right? And then yep. you just ride, and then you ride that one, but you keep, tweak, keep tweaking and testing to keep optimizing and accessing.
1: Yep, and then you just keep testing even more videos even after you have a winner because like, it's almost like Facebook. You kind of have to keep things moving, kind of keep mm-hmm. new videos going all the time. So for some reason, it does kind of like help the, because when you don't do it, I've noticed every client that stops like testing videos, their spin just just slowly goes down over time. So you just have to constantly be pumping new things in. And there must be something algorithm about that too. Um, mm. Yeah, and it's, so you have that. Um, and then the, you said something about like, kind of like starting with best practices. And I think that's true. I think a lot of times just when you, like when we had YouTube, like and it first came out the YouTube Two Refraction beta like two over just over two years ago, um, when we first got access to it, we were really early on. We were like in in closed beta, so we were one of the first agencies out there to have access. And I started off like doing what their recommend Google recommendations were then, and over about two or three months, I just I kept on exploring other ways to do things and i ended up coming up with the beginnings of my strategy and we also were able to talk to their google the youtube specialists at google and there was one specialist there that was great because i would get little bits tidbits of things i'm like oh it would unlock a little key for me i'm like oh well if if the algorithm works like that then i could do this and so i wasn't really following the best practices but i was learning ways to kind of like improve upon what we were having and i think to build, get YouTube to work across the broadest variety of clients and with a wider variety of video creative, you have to figure out how to kind of like get the best performance out of it. And even if it means not doing things the way Google would have you do them.
0: Yeah. Um, I was thinking about that after I asked the question because my interpretation or what I meant by that, by best practices, is I bet you have a baseline of things that you've discovered that's kind of your system I do have and that. processes. And that's the place where you're going to have every client start, but then every client is going to end up iterating and do something different because, yeah, we, yep. as you said at the beginning, the Google best practices are probably not, I, uh, I'm, I'm guessing those things are maybe optimized for Google in Google's benefit, not necessarily and, always in the advertiser's benefit.
1: And I think a lot of what their approach, I think their approach actually would work really well for, Big brand advertisers who kind of like want massive scale and spend and stuff. But I think it's great if you, if you can afford to lose a million dollars in the first three months, but like none of my clients can afford to lose money in the first three months. Mm-hmm. So I think, um, cause the machine learning, uh, the machine learning and the way they have it set up, they basically want to feed the machine a huge amount of data and with enough data, the machine learning should be able to kind of like work. But you also are you know having to spend you know a ton of money to get the machine to learn, and I found other better ways to do it that don't cost a whole bunch of money, so
0: so yeah, in essence, or you could be the machine and we can just cut to the, right. the pace a lot faster,
1: yep. <laughs> Yeah, just let the human do a little bit of the work so that Mm -hmm. we can shortcut this thing.
0: I mean, big brands are kind of good to look at for inspiration and ideas, but uh, almost never are they for a a mid-sized or even a small business to look. You know, to look at almost are they never the the model to actually follow. But you know, oftentimes they because they have the spend, they can do these cool campaigns that are inspiring. And fun, you know, teach content marketing. So talk a lot about like the Dove campaigns where they're, you know, know, those are fun. Or the engagement campaigns, let's talk about Old Spice, you know, they're they're great ideas and they're fun things to think about, but not necessarily in practice, do they make sense, especially now we're talking about direct response.
1: Yeah, especially when the results, I mean, the intangible results of it, I'm, I, I would guess it probably did help Dove a lot, but like, you can't measure it.
0: Yeah, which is great for Dub. And when you're like, just what you said, if you can if afford you have a, million to lose a million dollars and you want to do something that's awesome and inspiring, but can you track it, right? How can you right.
1: track yeah. it? Yeah, cool. totally. <laughs>
0: well, speaking of these like big, large, small, mid sized, whatever companies, tell me about the kinds of clients. I, I've heard you mention supplements and a couple other niches. So it sounds like you don't really like super specialize in one we, niche, but what types of clients do you like to work with?
1: So we tend to not be doing too much B2B because they just aren't normally very scalable. Um, We do end up with a lot of health, wellness, fitness, um, e-commerce, so it's across the board. I've worked in just, I think the only industry I really haven't done much work in is travel, Um, but I've basically been in everything. So, um, and I think uh, we're very interested in people that are interested in being able to, kind of scale their spin up above 50K a day. Uh, companies that, especially on YouTube or it's possible, are search and display as well, where we can get ma- as much spend as it's possible in those platforms. Um, so yeah, is we're-
0: minimum, Is there a minimum they should be prepared uh, to come in at? or?
1: Um, typically our minimum is, well, we usually audit and review clients before we accept, accept them. And we'll usually be looking for if they're not doing anything at all, at least be able to do a twenty five hundred dollar a month minimum, which is like a twenty thousand dollar a month spend. And I would only take those on if we we're like f- felt somewhat com- confident that we could scale them. Mm. Yeah, and that we have someone that's like has you know the ability to scale. Um, and then larger anybody larger than twenty thousand dollars a month starting would be fine. But we. Prefer yeah anyone that has a massive spend that 's great too, because we can take that and optimize it, and sometimes when we take over clients there 's so much waste in the accounts that the spend actually goes down, not up hmm. <laughs> so the the revenue and everything can go you know, revenue and profits can go up, but the spend can come down because there 's just so much waste.
0: And then, in in terms of actually producing, since you're, I'm hearing a lot about we're talking. We are talking a lot about YouTube and the creative. They should also oh, yeah. be prepared to invest in the oh, yeah. in the creative for the videos, right?
1: Yeah, uh, my agency. We we saw one thing with creative. We, we're finding that a lot of our best creatives, are, we can get really low qual. You know production quality, like lower production quality stuff that's really authentic, um, that's really inexpensive to produce. So we actually set up internal capabilities to produce stuff that's lower production quality like slideshows with a script and a voiceover they can work really, really well. Um, So it's, so we, we do a lot of testing of scripts and things. And then once you have something that works, we can go to the next level doing something that's like a higher quality production to see if that sort of script or um, kind of approach will work on a higher quality production. And on that, we don't have the internal resources to do the higher quality stuff, but we know people that do. So yeah, we can refer out our, a lot of our clients have internal video production capabilities anyway so
0: makes sense makes sense what's the best way for people to reach out if they want to request uh uh that audit that you were talking about which is the 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 place that you start with them
1: uh www.mq-c.com that's our company website, and you'll see that we do a traditional traditional radio TV advertising. I don't, I'm don't. i not on that side of the business, and data analytics. The data analytics is a big part of my success, so um, we utilize data, the data analytics side of our business for the digital marketing that we do. Um, and then, yeah, you can also email me at Kevin at MQ-C.com.
0: MQ-C mq-c.com. If you're watching uh, this podcast interview on YouTube, it'll be down in the description. And if you're listening to us on one of the podcast networks, check out the Ad Skills website for um, for more links and how you can reach Kevin. Thank you so much for being with me today, Kevin. It was really fascinating um, talking you to too. you. And congrats on all of your success.
1: Thank you yeah it's been a fun ride
0: and everyone listening make sure that you subscribe to the channel subscribe to the podcast leave us a comment below if you have some questions and we will see you on the next episode
1: sounds good have a good day everyone
0: bye
1: Bye.